welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? It feels good to be back on schedule. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because the mean? last few episodes, the one was without you. Mm-hmm. And then like the two before that were recorded at a different yes. time. And we yes. did the commentaries in there. Like we're back to our normal schedule of podcast as evidenced by the three plus hour movie journal that i'm sure you all are just now finishing listening to yes indeed (laughs) uh but yeah we're all caught up all caught up and nowhere to go (laughs) that's the saying all right so uh before we get started you know what sorry no that's not true we're started now because this episode is brought to you by movie oh we're doing ads now yeah sure okay sure uh i I had a thing but okay We'll get to your thing. All right. Uh, so usually we on... break up the thing with the ads. I'm going to break up your face with my <laughs> yeah, fists. You probably are. Uh, <laughs> I'd have it coming. Uh, all right. This episode is brought to you. We've been recording for three hours, everybody. We're a yeah. little bit punchy. Yeah. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only $8.99 a month plus when you use their mobile apps you can download films to watch offline all right so currently available on movie now uh since you just finished the movie journal you know that there is a film that i mentioned watching but didn't talk about and that is orson wells the trial um movie uh featured it recently because uh orson wells birthday just passed um and i had actually never seen the trial uh, I think I had tried to watch it in the past, but I, it, I had a DVD copy that didn't work. And so then I tried to watch a VHS copy that was really muddy and shitty and I just never really got around to it. And then I saw that it was featured on movie and I thought, Oh, I'll give this a watch. And I will say first off that it has been cleaned up and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, this is, I know that this is one of the only movies that Wells actually did get final cut on and, the version you see is the version he made. Uh, nobody interfered. And I also know that, uh, from the Simon Callow book that I, that I read over the fall, um, that, uh, Wells just, he got the money he needed. Like it just, everything went well with this film and I like it a great deal in a way. It just, it, it was only a matter of time before Wells arrived at Kafka. Like it, it, it was, just the way that he makes movies up to that point, it was 62. And so by that time he had made the stranger, Mr. Arkadin and uh, lady from Shanghai and all these, um, <clears throat> Wells as a director is something, you know, I, I realize that, uh, we're just doing an ad, so I can't be pontificating about Orson right. Wells as a director, but he's a very interesting director in that he's just, there's such an ornate Baroque quality to him that I think makes his films, even when they are fun and playful, they're not easy to watch. Like he just pulls you into this world that is not necessarily the most pleasant world. I, I, I seldom think that any of his characters are happy. Um, so even when, you know, uh, Joseph K, uh, from the trial, even when, even before he's accused of this crime that he doesn't know, uh, you get the impression his life's not that great. Um, and so there's just, it, I, I'm perpetually fascinated with every new film I see by Orson Welles, not new, obviously, but new to me. Uh, I just get a, a deeper view into his psyche and I think his view of the world. 
And I feel like maybe he did not have a very high opinion of humanity. Um, if this, even when he's, but he also was like a magician. And so I think he also liked playing little tricks uh, on people. And it just is perpetually fascinating the way the stories he chose to tell the way he chose to tell them. Uh, and when you string them all together, you know, incorporating his love of Shakespeare. And I, I know that he liked Dickens, not that he ever did a Dickens adaptation. Um, and then his natural theatricality. It really is just fascinating to see any of his movies, especially when in the context of his other films. I thought the trial was tremendously enjoyable. Isn't the right word. Cause it's not a movie I think that is meant to be enjoyed. I think it's, it is, it is a real uh, nightmare in a lot of ways. And yet it's a night. It's a very, it's very wry with an, and very arch mm-hmm. the way that he could do. Um, and so it's, you've never had a more, f- it, it's never been more fun having a nightmare, but also <laughs> fun has never been so nightmarish. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I'm happy that I saw it. I'm happy I saw it like this. I'm not saying that just because it's movie, uh-huh. but that it's so cleaned up and it's so, nice. it looks so beautiful. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that, uh, the trial is available on Mubi right now, and there's a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. And I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today, uh, on a happy, so often I feel like I'm like, what was I listening to today? Oh, someone who died recently. <laughs> um, but today I was listening to FKA Twigs because she announced that she had had uh, surgery and come through and was recovered. So All in right. celebration of uh, FKA Twigs feeling better, which she announced that she was recovered from surgery by posting an Instagram video of herself pole, pole dancing. So you know, keep being yeah. keep being Twigs Twigs. Uh, <laughs> so, was, so that's what I was listening to. Sounded great on my on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, you can uh, uh, what, what what do I usually say here? They're available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low <coughs> price and no shipping charges so go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension ah. the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes there really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, well, here's my thing that I was going to say. Okay. You decided to hijack the show and do things out of order. Yeah. Um, still not Since crazy you about apparently it. think I, the show can go on without me uh, uh, last week. You don't have a sense without me. I'm not following. Uh, um, no, did you see the incredibly stupid thing about Greta Gerwig that went uh, viral, I guess? No, I guess I didn't. So some dorkass okay. went to see the movie I Feel Pretty. They're not dorkasses because, they're not dorkasses because of that. Right. And this person, uh, I don't know, uh, he or she just has a, all I know is a Twitter name, which I can't remember, which is not a 
gendered name. So I have no idea who this person is sitting in the theater tweeting about the, you know, you know, it's pre movie. They're tweeting at this point. No one's broken any rules. It won't, won't remain so. Okay. Uh, Greta Gerwig and I guess some friends then walk in, sit down a row or two in front of this person. And this person proceeds to live tweet the entire, like Greta Gerwig's reactions to the entire movie. So sitting there in the theater, live tweeting. Also, Greta Gerwig sounds like she's talking a whole lot. So mm. everyone in this story sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, and there's been so much like the initial wave of reactions were like, you know, like standard, like internet speak, like, Oh my God, this person live tweeted Greta Gerwig's reactions to I feel pretty. And it was everything or whatever. It's something stupid like that. But it's like, no, that's awful. This is stupid. Uh, but then other people are like, uh, jumping down the tweeters throat. Like you shouldn't be tweeting. And other people like, uh, Greta Gerwig shouldn't be talking. It's like, no one should be doing any of this and right now i'm sorry tyler but now right now i have made us part of the problem by even talking about it but i just wanted to point out that i have spent uh a full like over 24 hours now thinking about how stupid it is this is even a story yeah okay so i googled greta gerwig i feel pretty so here are some of the headlines hero audience member live tweeted greta gerwig's reactions to i feel pretty wow that's uh, wow. That's vulture. Uh, Busy Phillips, who Jen is a big fan of on Instagram, and is, uh, is she in? I feel pretty. Is she? I don't know. I think she might be. Oh, okay, stands to reason. Uh, Busy Phillips slams moviegoer who live tweeted Greta Gerwig ripping her film. I oh, feel pretty. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, at Junkie, Junkie with uh, two E's. Uh, someone live tweeted Greta Gerwig watching I Feel Pretty and wow. <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> Do you know the, uh, someone live tweeted this is from Hello Giggles. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the name of the website, not a person. Uh-huh. Uh, someone live tweeted, get a, live tweeted Greta Gerwig's reaction to I Feel Pretty and it's an emotional journey for everyone. That one probably is true. Uh, it's awful. There's a there's a hockey podcast. I listen to it's the ESPN hockey podcast, ESPN on ice. And they do. So there was, uh, this won't mean anything to you, but they do a weekly segment called Phil Kessel loves hot dogs. Phil Kessel is a player, uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And there was, a like, a, uh, like a Twitter hockey news story that went around for a couple days that apparently he had a hot dog every day at the hot dog vendor out that, that set up uh, like a, on the street outside his apartment building. Mm-hmm. And so now every week ESPN and ice <coughs> does a segment about what stupid non story is the hockey media going crazy about this week. And they call it Phil Kessel loves hot dogs. That's fun. This should be in the, movie version of that we should have we should start a segment called <laughs> Greta Gerwig hated I feel pretty <laughs> and just it should just be about the stupid uh whatever stupid thing is occupying right, now people. hang on hang on now her hating I feel pretty that's a non-story who cares right her talking during a movie right somebody who makes movies uh-huh. talking during a movie that's a story it's one I'm not happy about okay 
but the way we know about it is because of another shit stain. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's no winner. You're right. There's no winners here. Yeah, it's it's awful. All right, so let's get into it, shall we? Normally we would do the ads, and then I would say let's get into it, shall we? But I'm all thrown off for some reason. Uh, We are doing our annual summer movie preview. You know. There are two people on this show, and every once in a while, I want to do things my way. I thought you were just going to end with, uh, you know, like uh, Lana from Archer. (laughs) You know. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding high. From my success at the International Christian Film yep. Festival. You took it by uh, storm. I took it by storm. I like to think it's mine now. Uh, and so I want to come here and start bossing people around. But you're the only one in the room. So you know what? <laughs> we do the, ad- the ads when I do the when I say we do the ads. In fact, you know what? Right. This episode is brought to you by movie. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What do we do? No, this we is fine about? for this week. Okay. Um... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're doing our an- annual summer movie preview. Okay. I think for the second year in a row without Josh Fadum. I know. Um, basically, Josh literally wanted to do it up until yesterday. Uh, but the problem is, as you may have known from watching TV sometimes, uh, Josh Fadum is very busy yeah, he's these in days. Demand. Uh, yeah, so he ended up finding out he had to fly out uh, like in the middle of the night tonight. I'm not sure if he's left yet. Um to go be on a TV show. I'll text him uh, and ask. So no, I think he's busy. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're just going to be just going to be us going through the, the movies. Um, but I hope next year, we'll, uh, a, we need to have Josh on for other stuff than this our movie preview. Uh, but hopefully next year we'll get back to our tradition of, um, uh, decrying which movies, uh, look boring. Yes. Um, uh, with Josh, but no, we're going to do, cause we are soups professional. We are going to go through, flip through the Entertainment Weekly Summer Movie Preview instead of doing our own research about release dates and what's coming out. We're just going to tip of the hat to Entertainment Weekly. Mm. Uh, Summer Movie Preview. Uh, (laughs) And so they do things generally by month, except they usually start with what they've decided is the big one. Okay. So they've decided the big one this year, or at least the one whose cover picture on the cover would sell them the most issues is Jurassic world fallen fallen kingdom, which is Jurassic park five. Yes. Jurassic world two. Right. Okay. I mean, not having seen one, a Jurassic park movie since the lost world, I don't care, but it also is kind of annoying that we're just renaming, like starting over the count in the middle. Do you know what I mean? It's the name of the park. You know, it's called Jurassic world now. Although when no, it comes but right I, no, to see, it. I wasn't. I, I didn't have a problem with calling Jurassic Park for Jurassic World. I okay. did not have a problem with that. I have the problem with this one now seeming like it's the second movie in a franchise. Sure, when it's clearly the fifth. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if you just called it <coughs> Jurassic Kingdom, mm-hmm. that would be yeah, that's fine. Sure, that's yeah. fun. That'd be in that in that sense, you're doing the. Um, the Mission Impossible thing, because it's Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Two, Mission Impossible Three. Then they started giving them names: Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Who makes that decision? Uh, What's wrong with you know Mission Impossible Four? Why did they decide not to call it that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, <coughs> anyway, um, maybe I do have a problem with that because I'm just realizing I've only seen the numbered ones. <laughs> no, oh, of Mission of Mission Impossible. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is when you think about it, there there is no Jurassic Park two. There's the Lost World Jurassic right. Park, and then, and then, then there's they Jurassic Park three. three. Yeah, 
so they're all they're all over the place uh do we have anything to say about jurassic world jurassic world fallen kingdom it looks terrible but it's directed by jay bayona who made my favorite movie of 2016 a monster calls okay yeah i believe he also directed the orphanage he directed the orphanage yeah but he also made the impossible which i think is terrible the but i know some people think it's pretty good i don't know i mean i guess it showed he can work with the with effects but even that i think about it there's only the one effect scene in the impossible i Um, mean there's and there's a lot of effects in a monster calls but i also just feel like right but impossible is first i'm saying true yes yes but i'm Uh, yeah i I did like a monster calls i kind of forgot that was him but that's the thing is like i just in watching the trailer this just I mean, listeners know that uh, I just rewatch Jurassic World and just gets narratively worse every time I see it. <laughs> and this just continues that the the trend of it. And I just and but now we're spending more time with characters that I think are completely uh, undeveloped. So I although Toby Jones shows up, so it's like all right, well that's okay. something. But yeah, I'm not holding out a lot of hope for it. Okay, well, jumping, that's back, that's, that's June. We started in June, because that's apparently the big one. Jumping, jumping back into May, we've got Solo, a Star Wars story, which comes out in a few days from when you're hearing this, right? Mm, no, it comes out uh, like two weeks. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. Yes. Less than two weeks, but yeah, uh, yeah, not, not that soon. Um, I thought it was a week early. You're right. It's the 25th, yes. not the 18th. Right. <coughs> I, I guess I thought they pulled an, event, uh, an Infinity War and bumped it up a week. Do you remember that? I, did they? Yeah, but it was only like that was how I found out what the release date of Infinity War was. Oh, okay. Was like apparently everyone it was supposed to be the first Friday in May, and then they like surprise it's going to come out a week earlier, and everyone was like, "Holy shit!" And I was like, "Oh, so I guess it comes out." <laughs> yeah. I, I, di- I didn't know what the release date was to begin with. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. Um, I just looked for the email that says, "Do you want to go to this screening?" But the only reason it, the only reason it actually screwed me up was with my review of Rampage, which I almost forgot to post because. Mm-hmm. When Avengers moved up a week, Rampage moved up a week, but I had in my notes Uh, that it was coming out a week later. So I did end up, yeah, I posted my Rampage review kind of last minute. I was wondering uh, (laughs) why that happened, because you're usually more more on than that. Generally, right now, my my life has been crazy, Mm -hmm. and I, uh, I, I have... If I think about how many reviews I need to write for things that are coming out in the next few weeks, or even finishing my t- written TCM coverage, uh, I'm behind. I'm behind. All right. So, do we have any thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story? I so I, I will be seeing this and reviewing it, right. and I am not holding out a lot of hope for it. I so I mean, unfortunately, I think this is we the, know so much about the behind the scenes. Oh right, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. All the th- all the changes that were made, all the ways the studio wasn't happy with things. Yeah, but, but that happened with Rogue One, and I really liked Rogue One. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I'm 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 perfectly willing to be surprised. Uh, I like Alden Ehrenreich, or at least in the film I saw him in, which was Hail Caesar, um, and I think he could probably he's in something do, else, right? Yeah, he was in. Uh, oh. Um, Rules don't apply. apply. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. And then he was in. Was he in Tetro? No. Or he was in some uh, Francis Ford Coppola film. I oh, don't okay. remember which one. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I'm I'm interested to see Donald Glover. I could see him overplaying the part of Lando, uh, like playing an idea of Billy D. Williams, which twixt twixt yes the greatest comic-con panel i've ever been to <laughs> that's right yes um but and and i like ron howard i think he's a very solid director i don't think he's uh, uh, with the exception of, of uh, apollo 13 i don't think he's ever astonished me um so i think the film's probably going to be fine uh I, i'm well i'm i'm fine with I, i'm ready for it to dazzle me i'm just not expecting it i feel like this is something we talked about i think uh recently for the first time there's a star Wars movie coming out and I don't feel like there's a star Wars movie coming out. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't know if it's because it's only been, it's been less than half a year since last Jedi. Yeah. Or is it because of all the background stuff that this doesn't feel as special, but yeah, I'm not, uh, not that I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a star Wars, you know, uh, uh, devotee to begin with, but I know that there are events and they usually feel like events. And this is one that doesn't feel like an event. I think it's a number of things. I mean, it's not as though it's not being advertised. It is very heavily, but I think this is okay. So there have only been two star Wars stories. There's rogue one and this, mm-hmm. all right. And Rogue One, yes, they're all characters that are new to us, but it is tied. Well, they found a way to get R2-D2 and C-3PO in there. Yeah, of course they did. Um, But it is tied so directly to the films we know. And while I recognize that, hey, this is Han Solo and Chewie and and, uh, Lando, um, none of them are played by the actors we know. And so this more than anything could feel it just it doesn't feel like a star wars film it feels like a fan film like someone oh, right. decided to do their own thing i have a i have a friend named uh, jamie who is uh somewhat something of an online uh like star uh specifically he's very good at impressions and he made a fan film with our friend doug jones um <clears throat> in which he played a young han solo because he does a killer Harrison Ford impression uh-huh. and it's, it's, it's great and it's really good. And the production value is very good. Um, and it's just a short film. You can find it online. Um, I believe it's called a smuggler's story and it just, it, it feels like that, you know? Right. Um, and so it, well, it, I just, like, it feels small. Um, I like Alden and I like Woody Harrelson. I really like Donald Glover. He's obviously having a moment right mm-hmm. now. Um, Amelia Clark, I feel like, I don't know. I like her presence, but having seen, a bunch of Game of Thrones and having seen me before you, I'm not actually sure how great her range is. Um, I know. I don't know anything about her because right. I don't watch Game of Thrones. And I wasn't she in like she was in something Terminator horrible. Salvation. Is that a movie? Is that the name of a movie or I, Genesis Genesis, which I didn't see. Is there also a salvation? Yes. Okay. She was in Genesis. Yes. yes Genesis. Genesis spelled wrong. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, uh, flipping a, through a Y in there somewhere. We're going to skip stuff that's already out. So Terminal, I don't know. The Seagull's out this weekend. Beast and Overboard we talked about mm-hmm. on the recent movie journal. Breaking In is out this weekend. All right, Book Club comes out uh, this week. Uh, I, I don't care to see it. Jen, yeah, Jen was um, like, what are they doing? And I said, this film marketing class that I took at the end of my uh, yeah. time at UCLA has been so helpful in approaching film because I look at book club and 
The one quadrant. Okay, so we we talk about males. You know, age what is it, eighteen to thirty-five, something like that. Yeah. So like we look at that as like the 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 prime demo, but if you think in terms of quadrants, the quadrants that are actually most likely to go and see a movie are females, and of females under 25 and over 25 it is females over 25 that are the most likely to go out and see a movie males over 25 specifically you know middle-aged they don't leave for anything like they they stay home and that's what they're gonna do Hmm. Uh, and so when you see something like uh book club Th- that I mean, that's that demographic. Incidentally, that movie Last Vegas or whatever, uh-huh. that was them too. Like anything featuring like older anybody of any race, of any genre, uh, older women are the demographic. So now we've got basically the equivalent, the female equivalent of Las Vegas, these four older actresses that are very well respected and, you know, rightfully so. Like, this is the kind of thing that my mom, when she, I don't know this for sure, except I do, uh, the moment she saw an ad for that, she said, I want to see that movie. Has your mom read Fifty Shades of Grey, do you think? Highly doubt it. Okay. She has probably read, uh, you know, uh, Amish historical fiction that doesn't include any kind of sexual (laughs) stuff, but uh, no, she's not read Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. Um, Tully's already out. Supposed to be good. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool 2 is coming out. You yeah. haven't, we haven't seen it yet, but... Um, I'm interested. I mean, are you? It's gotta, it's gotta I, I never saw the first one, so... I do like the cast. Uh, um, I don't think... You, you don't watch Atlanta, right? But this... Uh, I watched a few episodes. Okay. This Zazie Beats is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, who is it? Uh, in the movie journal, you were talking about Ethan Hawke being an actor uh-huh. that can get you out to a movie. Josh Brolin is becoming that huh. for me. And him playing Cable is a really interesting uh, casting choice that I think works, but it, would, it just never would have occurred to me. And so I'm really, I'm really interested to see that. But I do worry that the film, you know, it's already, it already did that break the fourth wall thing, which can work really well. But I feel like, ugh. It could really double down on that in a way that bothers me a lot. Or it could be great. I don't know. I yeah, feel like I they we'll... already, as we talked about with uh, Brandy, I think they already made a mis- have made a mistake by not recasting T.J. Miller's part with uh-huh. Christopher Plummer. I feel like that would be <laughs> a genuine stroke of genius. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Okay. But I'm, so, I'm looking forward to it cautiously. Let's see. RPG's already out. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> We talked about First Reformed on mm-hmm. the Movie Journal. I'll just say again real quick that it's awesome. It's so good. It's very, very, very good. Uh, Bad Samaritan's out. Um, I don't know much about On Chesil Beach. We got invited to a screening, but no one can make it. Um, Vim Vendors has a documentary about Pope Francis coming out. Oh, interesting. That sounds cool. Oh, yes. Okay. I saw somewhere I saw an image of the two of them uh, that's in someone was was writing about it and sounded pretty interesting i mean of Um, course it's interesting let's see uh movie called show dogs has a good cast stanley paul stanley tucci rupaul natasha leone will arnett oh yeah that's pretty good uh the gospel according to andre we talked about in the movie journal is really really good definitely worth checking out it's a documentary about andre leon talley um 
uh, and is really really uh, having already mentioned RBG this is a better version of the auto or not autobiographical the biographical documentary mm-hmm. um, let's see how to talk to girls at parties uh, Nicole Kidman L. Fanning okay uh, life of the party is the new Ben Falcone Melissa, Melissa McCarthy joint I love Melissa McCarthy. The yeah. trailer looks pretty funny. Uh, now you saw what was the first one? Tammy, right? I did not see Tammy. Oh, you, oh, you, you know what? You saw Identity Thief. I did. I forget which of the most McCarthy movies I haven't seen. You yeah. have. Um, so neither of us saw Tammy. I saw The Boss and thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, yes, I did as well. And yeah, Melissa McCarthy is. I just mentioned it with Josh Brolin. She said, I didn't see Tammy, but I've seen a lot of her other stuff. I, I think she is maybe my fa- my favorite, like comedic performer right now. I think she is hilarious. Like she's great at physical comedy. She's great at just, uh, ver- just verbal and dialogue. I think she just, uh, and she can bring a lot of heart to her characters. And so life of the party sounds like a fun type of movie for her. Okay. Um, well, what do we think about getting into June now? What do we think about Ocean's Eight? I'm interested. It's Gary Ross, who I think is a is a dependable filmmaker. Um, and this cast is it's impressive. A, it's a great cast. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen Rihanna as an actress because I didn't see Battleship. Nor did I. And I'm trying to remember what else she has done as an actress, unless I'm missing. So- well, she played herself in. Uh, what's the end of the? Is it called the end of the world? What is? The end of the world. This is the end. Oh, this is the end. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, she played herself. She was funny. She yeah. smacked Michael Sarah across the face. Yes, that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I like all of these people like Helena Bonham Carter. I like Anne Hathaway. always have. I feel like yeah. it's I feel like it's cool again to like Anne Hathaway a little bit. It wasn't for a while, but I just want to make sure everyone knows that I'm OG. Uh, I never stopped like, thinking Anne Hathaway was great. Yes. Uh, Aquafina, I like her from... Uh, I, only, I only know her from Neighbors 2, but... Um, uh, she's she was good in that. Okay. Uh, I've loved Sarah Paulson for forever. Yeah. Mindy Kaling is one of the best, and of course, Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock, also people yeah. that I really like. So yeah, it got is, a great. That cast is a here. very strong cast. I feel like if the film is competently made with a good script, that's going to be a big part of it. Yeah. Then I feel like we've. I think it's going to be good and, and extremely watchable. Yeah, I mean. It, I don't know if Gary Ross has ever made a movie that sucked. I mean, he's made some, he made Sea Biscuit, which is not great. It's kind of a little by the numbers, yeah. but but it's still I guess comp- it's still yeah, competent. What I'm saying is, if, yeah. with this cast and like you're saying, if it's a good script, by the numbers direction might not be the worst thing. Yeah, that's true. So it, it seems like it'll be a fun fun night at the movies, no matter what. Although when you think about it, like for, directorially, there's a big difference between Steven Soderbergh and Gary Ross. Like, yeah. there, there does need to be a certain type of poppy flashiness to this. And I think, I think he can do it. I, I don't think it's organic to him. So no. it might feel a little bit fake, but again, I feel like if the script is good and if yeah. he just is able to kind of keep it moving, I think it'll be fine. Now you're excited about Incredibles two. I am. Uh, and I think I am too, uh, especially with Bob Odenkirk doing a voice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Bob Odenkirk has had the weird, like for someone that I knew who he was, <coughs> you know, 20 years ago Long time ago. Yeah. Like it's on the one hand, like obviously I'm glad that this guy who's so clearly talented has become a big deal, but the kind of 
big deal he's become. I never would have seen, you never. know, <laughs> that he's this like Emmy nominated, like dramedy yeah. guy. Uh, who has yeah. an entire, and that's the thing, even, okay, put, if it weren't for Better Call Saul, I'd say like, yeah, that's still about right. Where he, he's on Breaking Bad, but he's a supporting role and he's a comedic presence. Yeah. Uh, but then when they decided like, okay, he's going to have his own show and it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of drama in there. It's like, okay, what? Uh-huh. This is a guy from yeah. the Ben Stiller show, you know, as Manson. Yeah. Uh, quite hilarious. He's, yeah. Did you ever see, um, <clears throat> the spectacular now? No, he's got a couple scenes in there as yeah. uh, Miles Teller's boss, and he's so good. And as you know, I'm not a huge fan of Nebraska, but I think he's really good oh, in right. that as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, but The Incredibles two, it'll be good. Right? Yeah, I'm, probably. I don't know if it'll be good, but I'm excited for it. Okay. Uh, I don't know much about Boundaries, but uh, I'm seeing it in a, uh, like a week. Uh, but it stars Vera Farmiga and, Christ- and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, hey, right. It's a road trip movie. Um which those can be great or can be really yeah. treacly depends on what you do with it. Christian Shaw is also in it. So that's good. All right. Uh, a kid like Jake, um, is a movie about, uh, Oh, Jim Parsons and Claire Danes play a married couple with a gender nonconforming child. Um, I love Claire Danes. I am not a huge Jim Parsons fan, but I also don't know much about him because I've only, I've seen a handful of big bang theories, but I never saw, I hear he was great in that HBO, uh, a normal heart. I think it was called. I hear, oh, right, yeah, I yeah. hear he was really good in that. I didn't see it. Um, he's in hidden figures. Uh, he's fine. He, yeah, yeah, that's right. He is in hidden figures. Um, yeah, I just mostly know him from watching the Emmys and seeing him accept awards and kind of like have this unsettlingly, like straightforward, like measured way of speaking that, uh, back on my old, old podcast previously on Sean and I used to say that Jim Parsons talks like a bond villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he could be a good, like villain character. Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, because I'm always thinking like this, he could play the Riddler. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm definitely interested in a drift. Yeah. It because, looks really interesting. Uh, I, yeah. And I've been, <coughs> um, not necessarily a fan of all his movies, but I've been following the career of Balthazar Cormacord, the director, okay. um, for all, uh, ever since he was making movies in Iceland and he made, uh, what it was called? One on one Reykjavik. I think it was called. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he's come over here and made mostly big <laughs> dumb movies, uh, like, um, contraband. If you remember the Mark Wahlberg vehicle contraband right, scratching his back. <laughs> yeah. Scratching his back on the poster. <laughs> but then he made Everest, which I feel like is underrated. Yeah. And this feels like this is another sort of disaster ish movie or, you know, a survival movie yeah. about a couple on a boat. Right. Yeah. Like they're, and, and it's Sam Claflin and who's and, uh, Shailene Woodley. Who's always, yeah, yeah. always great. Um, so I feel like if he brings what he brought to Everest, this will be a yeah. pretty decent movie. All right. Uh, oh, Superfly. They're making a new Superfly. Okay. Directed by someone named Director X. That's that's what he's... Or that's what they're accredited as. <coughs> yeah. I'd, um, I don't know, man. Here's the thing. <coughs> the original Superfly is great. I've never seen it. But I think a good portion of why it's great is the Curtis Mayfield soundtrack. And I don't know if they're going to 
incorporate that or they're going to do their own thing. And I'm sure they'll find a way to make it very relevant to the, to modern day. But at the same time, I, I think a lot of what made the original so solid um, is probably absent here. If for lack of, I, I could see it also just being way too polished because mm-hmm. um, the original, like so many of the best black exploitation films of the seventies um, had a nice grittiness to it. And it just felt, it just really had a sense right. of urgency and I could see any remake not having that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, director Rex, I assume his name is, uh, you know, I just, uh, I don't know anything about The king of all directors. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, under the silver lake is the new David Robert Mitchell movie. I made it follows. Yeah. Oh, and I saw it. It looks great. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. It might be, it it looks at at times uh, maybe a little too clever. Okay. But it, but maybe not. I don't know. It looks really, really good. I was really excited for it. Well, I see it has Riley Kyo or Cow in it, um, and I I love her. Um, okay. You, I, I think we weirdly just talked about this movie briefly on the movie journal, but uh, you never saw American Honey. No, right? I yeah, make that a priority. That's a good one. Uh, and Riley Keough's in that. Uh, Action Point is a movie that is probably going to be terrible. Okay, but I'm kind of. Oh yes, interested yes. in it because it is. Saw a trailer for I it. haven't seen the trailer, but I know it's loosely inspired by an actual like uh, New Jersey theme park that where people got hurt all the time. Yeah, which seems less funny now that there was that recent story about the water park yeah. in Can- uh, Kansas or Kansas City. Uh, I think it was in Kansas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keep that stuff out of Missouri. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a little bit less funny. Um, uh, the idea of a dangerous um, amusement and water park. Uh, but yeah, Johnny Knoxville, I guess is a good, uh, I don't know. Well, how do you think, how do you feel about Johnny Knoxville? He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I think I like him a lot. I I think I spent a lot of time feeling sorry for him. Yeah. What is the, there is a, uh, (coughs) excuse me. Um, there is some family guy cutaway. Uh, about um, Tom Green, where <laughs> it cuts to him and he's like doing something ridiculous, and he's like, "Is anyone still watching this? Can I stop this?" <laughs> and that's what I feel about Johnny Knoxville sometimes. Yeah, I feel like Johnny Knoxville is like charismatic and funny enough that he could have had a career as an actor without the Jackass thing. Absolutely, but now he's yoked to that and this feels like it's part of like the, you haven't read the entertainment because so you don't yeah, i don't think you read it anymore but like this whole thing is about all the times he got hurt making the movie that's so it's still yeah. dude's like he's not 50. Young, yeah he's not a young man anymore <laughs> um, and this is still what it's about all right um so won't you be my neighbor comes out on june 8th we uh talked about in the movie journal it's a very touching uh in in uh, tear jerking movie about uh, Fred Rogers. Uh, upgrade. I'm I'm definitely interested in Upgrade. I don't know if you know about it. Which one is that? But this is the. Um, what was the? What was the bad horror movie you saw recently? Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. I think this is another like Bloomhouse tilt. Okay. You know because Bloomhouse already like. M- Bloomhouse has a reputation for doing two things, making good movies and making movies super cheap. Yes. And so now Bloomhouse tilt is there. We spent even less money on this, but this is a movie directed by Lee one L who is kind of, uh, who like wrote 
saw. Oh, okay. Right. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. And so Lee Winnell has come, has gone from being a like new horror wonderkind to being kind of an elder statesman, hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so the fact that he's making this movie, uh, and it's, and it's being put out by the, uh, even cheaper arm of Bloomhouse, I'm definitely interested in, uh, and it starts Logan Marshall Green. Why do I know that name? Logan Marshall. He's in Green. He's in Prometheus. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about that. Okay. <clears throat> well, I don't know about that. Um, he's in Snowden. Uh, okay. Um, American Animals. I'm definitely interested in. I like the cast. Uh, it's a. Um, true story about a heist um from 2004 the cast uh includes evan peters barry keegan or kogan yeah uh I, those are the those are the two main ones that i like endowed uh isn't in it american animals yep oh i'm even more excited Udo about that. definitely cool so that comes out june 1st Gary uh, Basaraba. i don't know who that is oh he's um, uh he was in that show boomtown and uh he was the, I was going to say he was the cop. There are a lot of cops. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah. Um, all right. Here's a movie that I'm interested in, but not getting my hopes up too much because I do like good romantic comedies. There aren't that many. Okay. And I like these two actors. So the movie called set it up, which is about two assistants to like high power business people who are making their lives hell mm-hmm. and they decide, Hey, one way to take the pressure off of our jobs, let's set our bosses up. So Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu play the two, uh, I guess, corporate tyrants who get who their assistants. So it's like the parent trap <laughs> except, uh, in the, uh, high stakes cutthroat world of corporate blah, blah, blah. That doesn't sound uh, bad. I but like yeah, Tay Diggs like and Lucy Liu. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good cast <laughs> right there. And then the, um, the, the assistants are played by uh, Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. I know the name Zoe Deutsch, but I don't know why. All right. Here's a movie we talked about recently with... Uh, she was in Everybody Wants Some. Um, oh, right. Yeah, she was good. She was good. Um, movie that we talked about with West briefly, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Yeah, which I'm... You know, it's... it's I think it's also Taylor Sheridan. Um so I'm, I'm intrigued. I looked at this, at the plot and it's like, all right, this is, it's feasible that these characters, it's such an odd film to have a sequel to. Um, but I, it's, I, I'm, it feels like it's going to get much pulpier. Yeah. And it also feels like they're not making Benicio del Toro's character like a hero. Right. Which is like, it's like jumping from the pilot of Deadwood to season three with swearing. Sure. Like in the pilot sure. of, Deadwood Swearingen is like he sent three drunks off to murder a family and then gutted one of them to cover up his tracks. And then by the third season, he's like the guy we're rooting for. Yeah. And this feels like just jumping to like, Toro's character. Like, yeah, I understand that he was a badass and was maybe motivated by things that are sympathetic in the first one, but he's a monster. Yes, he is in the first movie. And so the idea that he's now our, or, or Jason Bourne or whatever is <laughs> yeah. weird. Uh, he just turned into like the new Liam Neeson in Taken or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, Hotel Artemis. Oh yeah. Okay. Set oh, yeah. in 20, 2028 Los Angeles has riots rage across the city. Yeah. It's it, that it has a hell of a cast and it, and it looks, uh, it looks pretty good. Let's see. Actually. You got Jody Foster. Yeah. Sterling K Brown, mm-hmm. uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. It says that. No, it doesn't. Uh, Sophia Butella. I like her, uh, from the mummy and, uh, atomic blonde. Okay. Uh, and, uh, up and comer named Jeff Goldblum. Dave Jeff Batista is also Goldblum. in it. Oh, I like him. Sterling K. Brown. Oh, yeah. Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. Zachary Quinto. Charlie Day. Charlie Day, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got a really good, good cast. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, uh, Tag oh. is the next movie coming out. Tag. Oh, yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't need middle-aged men acting like adolescents as a comedy anymore apparently it's somebody said it's based on a true story and they said that as though that legitimizes it yeah no that doesn't make Um, it any better that's the thing like here's the thing if it's based on a true story i'd be interested in a documentary more (laughs) more than uh about a decades-long game of tag yeah yeah um yeah i don't i don't need it um i also don't know yeah i don't know the cast is good it, it's a good cast yeah, hannibal yeah. burris john hams ed helms jake johnson and jeremy renner yeah who i feel like i don't know is jeremy renner funny he, i feel like i think so yeah yeah what's like the first thing that comes to mind is he has the very he has the monologue in age of ultron that yeah. ends with a very funny joke yeah. about like i've got a bow and arrow the city is flying there's an army remote nothing makes sense, nothing makes sense. <laughs> yeah uh, I think he has. Uh, yeah, I think he's funny. Okay, and, right. and honestly, like uh, in the town, his character oh, there's there's a certain edge to his humor, but uh, he's pretty funny. But also, like Isla Fisher's in it, Rashida Jones is in it, Brian oh, Dennehy's in it, oh. uh, Nora Dunn. So nice. that's the thing is like it's a it's a premise that is probably frustrating, but I think a cast that could make it work. Um, okay. Let's see. What else we got in June? Uh, I don't know anything about Alex Strangelove. Uh, Gotti, which I think Gotti we talked about on our fall movie preview, by so. the way. Um, uh, so, uh, but this is Kevin Connolly's <coughs> directorial movie. Um, it uh, looks about John Travolta as Gotti. Uh, oh, and Kelly Preston as his uh, wife. That's fun. Um, Stacey Keach is in it and Prue Taylor Renz. It's a it's a good cast and it's the screenplay is by among others Lem Dobbs. Um, okay, so I feel like that bodes well. But Kevin Connolly strikes me as a little uh, broy. Um, uh-huh. Well, sure, maybe he isn't. But because isn't of his, he part of the uh, what's the the, oh, the uh, what is it called is it the Pussy Posse? The Pussy Posse. That's I, what he's part of. He's a I part of the so, Pussy yes. Posse. Yeah, and I feel so like, I don't know where you get that impression about him being broy. <laughs> I mean, I thought of it obviously because of Entourage, but uh, also I just, I feel like I can't, I don't trust somebody like that to make a movie about a mobster, uh-huh. especially oh, a mobster yeah. who killed actual people. Yeah. You yeah. Cause, I mean? because he seems like a guy who had a Scarface poster at some no point. No question about <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, all right. Uh, documentary about, or uh, documentary adaptation of eating animals, the Jonathan Safran Farr book on factory farming. Uh, you've got a movie called the year of spectacular men with, uh, Zoe Deutsch again. 
Oh, wow. Uh, Damsel is something I know you and I were talking about off mics and we're both looking forward to. I am, I am, um, uh, fairly excited about it. It has, it stars two of my favorite currently working young actors, Robert yeah. Pattinson and Mia Vashikovska. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in Damsel and it's a Western. Uh, can't wait to see Hereditary. I do, I've, I've intentionally learned as little much as little about it as possible, but it does seem to be like the big indie horror of the year. the, the it follows or Babadook or, you know, there's one every year, right? Yeah, I yeah. guess last year it was get out maybe. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, hereditary, uh, with Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne and Alex Wolf. Um, yeah. And, and Dowd. Wow. Um, but yeah, just this picture in the entertainment weekly of Tony Collette <laughs> screaming in terror is enough yeah. to, uh, to get me interested. Um, hearts beat loud is the new Brett Haley film. Um, I, I don't know about Brett Haley because I really liked uh, I'll See You in My Dreams. Is that what it was called? With um, Blythe Danner and Martin oh, yeah, Starr yeah. and some of the people. Um, but then I didn't like the um, the hero, which was the... Um, oh, Sam Elliott. The Sam Elliott, uh, uh, Laura Prepon uh, one. Um, but, the, I mean, the best scenes in The Hero were between Sam Elliott and Nick Offerman, and now this new one, Hearts Be Loud, stars Nick Offerman. Yeah, and um, I believe Sarah saw it and uh, reviewed it. Yeah. Yes. There's a review. From she liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gotten good reviews. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, I'm still interested enough in, like I still have enough goodwill left over from I'll see you in my dreams. Um, that I'm, I'm interested in his brand of, uh, of, of humanism. Um, but I just hope he doesn't, uh, uh, lay on the 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 sort of tropes and and gin up the stakes uh the way he did with with the hero i think right. i'll see you in my dreams despite having hacky stuff like the scene where a bunch of old ladies smoke pot you yeah. know it like still maintains a uh a, a warmth and naturalism naturalism that i think sometimes got away from him in the hero so if he can maintain that in hearts beat loud then that'd be great uh oh uh <laughs> Izzy gets the fuck across town, which I which you uh, saw like forever ago. Uh, last June yeah. at the LA Film Fest, I saw it. Didn't like it then. It comes out this June, uh, a full year later, and I'm sure uh, I still won't like it. Uh, Leave No Trace. I'm excited about this. The new Deborah Granick film. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, she made Winter's Bone. And what's okay. the documentary she made? Uh, oh, Stray Dog, which yeah, is great yeah. about a, a, a Southern Missouri biker. Uh, South Southwestern Missouri biker guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. Um, okay. Here's a movie that people that I follow on the internet who care about basketball are super stoked about. Yes. Which is called uncle drew, but this is, here's how not into basketball I am. Like this is the first time I've ever heard the name Kyrie Irving. Yeah. He's apparently a big basketball star. And so I guess it is novel that a someone who's a current big basketball star is starring in a comedy like as an old man. It's also, but just the fact that he's starring in a movie, like not making, this isn't like LeBron James in train wreck, right. which was good. Um, he's starring in a really goofy comedy where he plays an old guy. Yeah. It's uh, I saw, I've seen the trailer a couple of times and it does look good. Uh, okay. I mean, it looks funny, but uh, it's I know it's got Tiffany so. Haddish in it. Yeah. I, I still have to see girls trip, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uncle drew. 
Woman Walks Ahead is about uh, Jessica Chastain um, as a Native American rights activist who paints a portrait of Sitting Bull. Oh, that's neat. I guess Jessica Chastain seems like a really awesome person and is clearly a talented actor, but does not have the best track record of picking roles. I feel like she picked some really middle of the road stuff recently, like Miss Sloan, sure. Molly's game, yeah. uh, maybe some others, but you know, uh, I don't know. You can do yeah, better. I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. So this feels like it could be that sort of like, like both of those movies are kind of like, not necessarily issue. Well, I mean, my Miss Sloan is very issues driven, but just sort of, um, uh, having a sheen of these movies have this sort of sheen of social importance. Yes. And maybe she's drawn to them more for that than whether or not they have anything to offer her as an artist. Yeah. Which I guess good for her. If that's what she wants to do, if that's what she wants to do, but it is having seen her be fantastic in things like zero dark 30, you know, entry of life. It's like knowing take shelter. uh, Oh God, take shelter. Yeah. Knowing how much, um, she has to give it is kind of frustrating to see her in what are essentially stock roles a lot Isn't of time weird to think that like so the movies the three movies we just listed the newest of them is six years old zero dark 30 yeah 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 that's nuts yeah that's too bad there's probably something else in there that's good that i'm missing right undoubtedly yes yes but uh, those are the three that i think yeah. of first yes i guess she was i think the movie is pretty good but she was good in a most violent year right she is really good in that. Yes. And that's like three it's years old now. 14. It's, oh, it's four years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, our sequel to Mamma Mia called here we go again. Yeah. Which is boy, from the lyrics, but that is kind of works fitting. pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't know. I like Alba. I don't need to watch a movie to listen. Alba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Into July, I guess Mamma Mia is in July, uh, into July, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I am I'm excited because I liked Ant-Man. Yeah. It's in my top five Marvel movies. Probably. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Number one, Avengers. Number two, probably guardians two. Okay. Number three, maybe age of Ultron. Okay. Then, that may be infinity war, but maybe still, so let's like not count infinity war cause it's too new. <coughs> then I go guardians one. So my top four are Avengers and guardians movies. Yep. And then AMS number five. You like ensembles. It sounds like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I do. Like even um, man kind of has an ensemble. Um, yeah. And even more so this time is there's more than one person in the title. Yeah. <laughs> little, much the rest and of the movie. will just double. But, um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, I'm, I know, uh, I did see actually see a trailer for this one because it played before something I saw. So I, obviously I know Michael Douglas is back. I'm assuming that um, um, Michael Pena, Pena. Yeah. is back. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure who else. Yeah, and it looks it looks good. I, you know, my my issue with the first one is that I just felt like Paul Rudd's character was really inconsistent and. Sometimes they made him really smart, other times not. Just whatever the joke required, and it just felt very light, uh, but not in a way that I like. Um, but now that I kind of know what to expect, especially what, what allows these movies, what makes them, I think particularly memorable is that the action is so unique 
And this film looks like it's more of that, which is very exciting to me. Uh, yeah. And, um, it's weird how I feel like I might've already said this, but it's weird how I spent six years watching lost and complaining sometimes publicly that Evangeline Lilly was not as good an actor as the rest of the cast. And now for some reason, now that she's in a Marvel movie and maybe because she's the first Marvel heroine to be in the title of one of the movies. Like, I feel like I'm super like rooting for her. Yeah. Um, and I guess she's fine in the first one. I feel like it's not, uh, she feels, it feels like she's the only one not making jokes in the first one. That's, I, I mean, that's, I think the plight of, uh, a lot of actresses sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, I mean, even if you've seen lost, you're not casting Evangeline Lilly because she's funny. That's true. She was never yeah. funny, right? Yeah. Well, and I think honestly, that might be the issue is I, I don't think it's necessarily her that was bad and lost. I think it's that Kate is just so damn boring. <laughs> yeah. Kate was not a good <clears throat> character. I did like, I, from being a lost fanatic and listening to like all the commentaries on the Blu-rays, I know that Kate's thing for climbing trees is something that the writers took from, Evie, as they, apparently her friends call her Evie, hmm. uh, that eventually Lily <laughs> loves to climb trees. And when they're in the Hawaii, Hawaii, there's trees everywhere. So she was always climbing trees. So they just like wrote into her character, constantly wrote scenes where she was like, I'm going to get that coconut or whatever, <laughs> just to have her climb trees. It's weird that they would have her go get a coconut in every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> they needed to eat. Uh, all right. Moving on. I can't, I am weirdly excited for, Gus Van Sands don't get don't worry he won't get far on foot to come out yeah I'm because interested. I, I saw it at Sundance okay and it is a very divisive movie okay I think because uh, I think it was someone from the film stage tweeted um, it something about how it's it's interesting to see Gus Van Sant work in both of his modes at once sappy and experimental yeah and that's kind of like <clears throat> don't worry he won't get far on foot is on the one hand a a, a very sort of Zappy recovery um, uh, um, biopic. It's about a uh, cartoonist, um, John Callahan. Um, and it's, uh, it is, it's, it's interesting. So he uh, was an alcoholic who got into a car accident and became a quadriplegic mm-hmm. um, and then kept drinking. And so the movie is, it's not a recovery from the car accident movie. It's a, uh, AA, it's an alcoholic recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say AA specifically because he goes to AA, Jonah Hill, who is amazing in the movie, uh, plays his sponsor. Who's this, uh, um, like gay hippie new age, like air who H E I R who's yeah. never worked a day in his life and just holds, uh, he sp- he sponsors a bunch of people in AA and holds meetings with his, um, his, his sponsees at his like mansion. <laughs> it's, it's like a crazy, crazy role. And it apparently is based on the guy's real, That's uh, fun. John Callahan's real, uh, AA sponsor. But, um, yeah, this was, uh, something that, um, Gus Van Sant's been trying to make so long, uh, you'll you'll notice that I think credit as a producer and thanking the credits is Robin Williams. Hmm. Robin Williams, after working with Gus Van Sant on, on Goodwill hunting, wanted to make this movie and play the role that Joaquin Phoenix ended Hmm. up playing. That's how long it took Gus Van Sant to get the movie made was Robin Williams passed away. And yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a very strange movie. Um, 
but and in some ways also a very conventional movie and i think that's something that a lot of people struggled with i i liked it but it does feel kind of intentionally slapped together Hmm. i also have a couple of pet theories. This is why I'm excited for it to come out. Cause I have a couple of pet theories, um, about it that would make it weirder than, um, uh, than people are already talking about it. I, okay. But one of them, I don't want to say cause it's kind of a spoiler, but I also have a theory and our friend Scott, who also saw it, our friend, our, you know, uh, uh, co-editor of the blog, uh, Scott and I, who also saw it at Sundance disagreed with me, but I, it's about a cartoonist, that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are fans of, I am half convinced that Gus Van Sant doesn't actually think his cartoons are funny. I think he thinks it's a good story, but I don't think he actually thinks it's funny. Um, well, you have to see for yourself when you see it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and I, I uh, sometimes I like a title that's a mouthful, you know? Udo Kier is also in this film. Huh. Okay. Do you remember him? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure if I jogged <laughs> my memory, it would come up. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, blind spotting. I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, definitely got a lot of buzz at, at Sundance. Um, I think mostly because it is, uh, I guess co-written by and starring David Diggs, who, um, w- um, was in the Broadway cast of Hamilton and oh, okay. has been on blackish a bunch and is sort of a, he's also a rapper, um, with a, a, a name clipping. I think, um, he's definitely, uh, I would say up and comer, but it feels like he's been up and coming. Yeah. So, it looks like uh, he's been around a while. Uh, yeah. So, um, blind spotting definitely. I didn't see it at Sundance, but it definitely sounded like a, uh, hot property. Okay. Um, mission impossible six, yeah who's making this one uh this is the first time that they've kept a director it's, it's christopher right. mcquarrie again that's right <clears throat> which i think is probably good i liked the fifth one a lot. i love the fifth one so yeah this is uh <coughs> but what i'll say is that this is a series that consistently when I see that one is coming out, I think like, yeah, all right, fine, whatever, who cares? And then I see it, and I think, hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> and then another one will come out, and I'm like, why won't they let this die? And then I'll see it, and I'll say, hey, that was pretty good. Uh, it never provides quite enough goodwill for me to be excited about the next one. Right. But I'm always open to being pleasantly surprised. Uh, you're like Dory. You keep forgetting that exactly. you like the movies. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, going, going back a number of weeks, we talked about the first purge with, uh, Perry and Perry was on the show. Yes. Um, how I am, I am a fan of the purge franchise, but I am skeptical because of the change in directors, uh, for this prequel. Uh, but I think he still wrote it. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll see. Um, shock and awe. Okay. This is Rob Reiner's movie about um, the uh, lead up to the invasion of Iraq after 9 11, um, starring Woody Harrelson, Tommy Lee Jones, and James Marsden. Uh, that could all be good. I don't know. When was what was the last good Rob Reiner movie though? I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> you didn't like Alex and Emma? <laughs> <Ugh>. What? <laughs> and also, like- I did have to pick one. I actually saw Alex and Emma because it came out during that window when I worked at the video store and just saw everything. How was it? Uh, I don't even remember, yeah. really. Yeah, it's, I mean, 
there's a lot I like about Rob Reiner, but I feel like I'm trying to think he is worse. way past his prime as a director, and him getting political feels like I'm not a thing I'm going to enjoy. Um, you mean on film? Because in person, I mean, as a person, he has been political forever. Sure, sure, He's, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just saw he made LBJ. He made. Yeah, I saw Charlie. being. I saw being Charlie. I didn't like it. I saw the Magic of Belle Isle. I didn't <clears> like it. Flipped. I forgot he did the bucket list. <coughs> anyway, Alex and Emma. I remember kind of liking the story of us, but I was 17. Never saw that. So, yeah, going by his IMDb, there is a movie that he's directed that I've liked since The American President, which is a 23-year-old movie. Yeah, there are things that I like about Ghosts of Mississippi. Um, I never saw that one, actually. It's fine. Okay. I used to get it confused with Mississippi Burning, but then Understandable. I, I saw Mississippi Burning, and now I yeah. definitely know which one that is. Um, Whitney, a documentary about Whitney Houston, directed by Kevin McDonald, who makes good documentaries. Okay. And I, I hope it's good, because I saw the Nick Broomfield Whitney Houston documentary, right. and I didn't like it. Right. Um, so, yeah, he should do a good one. Um, I keep forgetting, because I, like we, we just had Rampage. Mm-hmm. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson already has another big budget movie destroying thing. Yeah. He's got a skyscraper. Yeah. I was leaving Rampage, saw a poster for skyscraper (laughs) and I thought like, what is this like a, a trilogy he's doing with like San Andreas Rampage and skyscraper does skyscraper seems like, like if that poster for skyscraper, if like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson played. It was in a movie where he played an action star. Yes. Skyscraper yes. is one of the bill, like Absolutely. the like the the Danny DeVito billboards in Get Shorty. You yes. know that kind of. That's what Absolutely. skyscraper looks like. It's it seems so generic. Um, okay, <clears throat> there's a third Hotel Transylvania. I haven't seen. I didn't see either of the other ones. Yeah. Um, so okay. Uh, what is this? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know much about it, but the legacy of a white tailed deer hunter is directed by Jody Hill. Oh, all um, right. Yeah. And stars Danny McBride, obviously, and Josh Brolin. Nice. Uh, they're a huntsman cameraman duo on a rollicking weekend excursion with the former's estranged son. And yeah. Okay. So it looks good. Uh, Vincent Cassell is playing Gauguin and we called Gauguin voyage to Tahiti. Okay. Documentary about Alexander McQueen. That should be fun. Does Gauguin Voyage to Tahiti sound like a a comedy sequel? (laughs) Like like the first one, oh, this guy's crazy story. (laughs) But then like, oh, watch out. Um, So yeah, a documentary about Alexander McQueen is coming out in July. A uh, uh, a movie called Puzzle uh, in which Kelly McDonald. So I'm already, yeah, we just uh, interested. I just got a, an invite to that, but I don't think I can make it, but it looks no, neither of us can, but, uh, Jeremy is seeing it and reviewing it for oh, us. Great. Great. So we'll have a review, uh, finds a new purpose in this. Yeah. So she's, a. Uh, I don't know. It's Kelly McDonald play like jig, jigsaw puzzles, I guess is the point of the movie, but, uh, I like her. Okay. Got to burn through some more of these. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Are we still in July? You were still in, in July. Oh, yeah. damn. Um, how it ends. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, the Equalizer 2. 
Sure. Uh, Generation Wealth, which I've already seen, is, uh, is 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 pretty good. It's the new film from Lauren Greenfield, who made The Queen of Versailles. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's a little more autobiographical because uh, both as a filmmaker and as a photographer, documentary documenting sort of excessive conspicuous conspicuous wealth has been the 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 motif of her entire career mm-hmm. and so this is generation wealth is kind of a a tour back through her work that all that ends up leading to her looking inward a lot it's mm-hmm. it's, it's good um uh i saw someone describe it as lauren greenfield's camera person but i think it's a little more uh straightforwardly assembled than okay. camera person but uh it's not a bad point of reference um Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. All right, All right. sure. Uh, oh, eighth grade. This is supposed to be another one we have a new review of yeah. uh, from Sarah for Independent uh, Film Festival of Boston. Uh, this is directed by comedian Bo Burnham, and uh, I've heard nothing but good good things about this movie. It's a coming of age story. Um, played well at Sundance and has played well everywhere it's played since. So uh, should be good. Yeah, and Bo Burnham is a is a performer I find interesting. Um, you know, my natural uh, resentment of somebody so young being so successful uh, <laughs> aside, um, I think he's a he's a pretty solid comedian, and I think his his creative instincts are are good. So I was very interested when I saw that. All right. Um Definitely, the movie that will definitely be a topic of discussion when it comes out in July. Uh, Sorry to bother you. Okay. This is a movie that I saw at uh, at Sundance, and this is the uh, super manic uh, parody satire movie that um, the the log line has been that Lakeith Stanfield plays a character who accelerates to the world of telemarketing because he learns how to use his white voice, oh. um, but. Uh, having seen the movie that is just the jumping off point if the movie is so crazy hmm. um and also very funny very odd sometimes intentionally quite ugly to look at um but with hell of uh, a cast uh yeah and with a, a whole lot to say um uh about um well you won't like it as a conservative it's a very anti-capitalist movie hmm. um uh, I hope it makes a lot of money, <laughs> which I'm sure they will just reject. Uh, yeah, he'll, yeah, no, they'll, uh, turn around and make something, something better, even better with it. There you go. Um, but yeah, hell of a cast, including like, uh, lovable old Danny, Danny Glover saying, yeah. saying the word fuck so many times. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. This movie's crazy, right? Oh, Christopher, Christopher Robin? Robin? Yeah. It's directed by Mark Forrester, which is not appealing to me. I know. It's a bummer. Um, but even like... Because I liked Finding Neverland. I never saw that. Um, but I was going to mention Monster's Ball as a movie like... Do you have movies that you saw at the time and you liked? Mm-hmm. But when you think about it now, you're like, I probably wouldn't like that movie anymore if I saw it now. And I feel like I would probably feel that way about Monsters Ball. I think, I think the stuff that I w- would like about it now is different than what I liked okay. about it then. Um, it just feels very overwrought in my memory. Overwrought is definitely yeah. Because yeah. when I think about their relationship, okay, uh, I, I'm okay with that. But then you realize like. Oh, right. 
like Heath Ledger's character yeah, and like Peter what Boyle's character and, and, and her son. It's like, Oh yeah. It's not yeah. merely a relationship. It's like one based out of, based on grief, uh, like yeah. shared grief. It's like, yeah, it probably is pretty overwrought. Um, next up is the worst movie I saw at Sundance, which is called <laughs> Juliet naked. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'll do it here. I spent all of Sundance avoiding, I've seen Juliet naked jokes, but I'll do it here just once just to, okay. just to get out of the way to clear the air. Uh, cause it seemed like on Twitter and in line, there were a lot of, Hey, have you seen Juliet naked <laughs> jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so I was intentionally not doing it there. I appreciate the, uh, yeah, there was a, it was a crowded field, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just dreadful. Um, despite a great cast, it's uh Rose Byrne, Ethan Hawke and Chris O'Dowd in a sort yeah. of love triangle. Uh, basically Chris O'Dowd and Rose Byrne are a longtime cohabiting couple. He's obsessed with this, American musician who made like a couple albums in the nineties and then became like a hermit and in one way they break up. And then through a series of things, the movie actually makes not too coincidental actually kind of makes a reason for them to meet Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke's character start dating. Hmm. And so obviously Chris O'Dowd has some (laughs) trouble getting past that. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really dreadful. Um, but, uh, I mean, Rose Byrne's, I mean, this cast is great, but it's just not good. Okay. Um, now I mentioned Aquafina earlier with, uh, oceans eight, but she's also in crazy rich Asians, which I feel like is, um, for a movie that we're in August now for a movie that doesn't come out in August. I feel like I'm hearing so much about crazy rich Asians. I feel mm. like this is going to be a big deal. It's, um, uh, I think it is so it, because it, it's based on a best-selling novel, which I haven't read because yeah. I don't, uh, I read like comic books and newspapers and magazines and that's it. Cause I'm a big old dummy. Um, so I don't know much. I don't know much about it, but it's essentially a, uh, it's a romantic comedy, but it takes place among the obscenely moneyed elite hmm. of the, of the Asian world. Uh, and that sounds pretty funny. This also has a pretty good cast. Michelle Yeoh, uh-huh. Ken Jeong, Jimmy O. Yang from uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Constance Wu from uh, what's the um, Fresh Off the Boat, the, the oh, TV, yes, sh- yes, TV yes. series. Um, yeah, should be good. Should could be a pip. I knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs> You're I, the- I did. Yes. That's very funny that you knew I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. We've been doing this for too long. And I mean, tonight. <laughs> that's boy. That's true. Uh, man, I am. I'm sorry, but I'm not looking forward to the Papillon remake. Yeah. Who, who, who's making it? Uh, Michael Knorr, who I don't think has made an English language movie yet. Okay. Um, I think he's a Scandinavian. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I think the original, uh, is kind of boring. I have to say, okay. um, as much as I like Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat here. Like Charlie Hunnam has become an actor that I like mostly due to the lost city of Zed. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely like Rami Malek. Um, and, uh, he's a good choice for the role. And apparently according to this article here in entertainment weekly, it was Charlie Hunnam's choice to cast. Hmm. Rami Malek, uh, in the Dustin Hoffman role. Uh, but 
I don't know. Maybe it's just because I found the original movie to be kind of dull. Yeah. That I'm not interested in this one. Yeah. I've actually never seen, uh, Papillon. Wait, I owned it on VHS. I was gonna say, I the way it. I saw it was when we yeah. lived together, I watched your copy. I can't be expected to watch every movie I own. <laughs> That's true. I own, I own a few movies. I own well, not many, but a few movies I haven't watched. <coughs> oh God. Mile 22 is the new movie from the Bergs, Peter and Mark wall. Um, <laughs> uh, and I just, I, I, I feel like, um, I've said this before that Peter Berg is the most talented filmmaker to have not yet made a good movie. <laughs> um, I know I'm exaggerating because okay. I like the rundown and Friday Night Lights yeah. and I remember liking very bad things, but I don't know if that would hold up. I don't up. know if that'll hold up, but the other two do though. Uh, okay. But, uh, I just feel like I'm so frustrated with what he chooses to do with his time and talent and, making another action movie with Mark, Mark Wahlberg is not the way I want to see him go. Ronda Rousey's in it. Okay. Do you know who that is? Uh, she's an MMA, MMA fighter. Yeah. Seems like an odd choice. I don't know. I, I, don't you, know. I guess you could do worse, but it just seems like an odd, uh, decision that I don't think I can get behind. Okay. Um, the miseducation of Cameron post, uh, okay. is a movie that I heard about, at Sundance, it stars Chloe Grace Moretz, my like, um, and it takes place at a gay conversion therapy camp, okay. uh, which sounds pretty heavy to me. Um, and this is another. Next up is another Sundance one, although they've changed the name. They've changed the name very slightly in a way that really annoys me. Okay, so the movie is now called Searching. Okay. At Sundance, it was just called Search. And I think even as recently as like a week and a half ago when it played the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, I think it was still just called Search, okay. but they changed it to Searching. Um, it stars John Cho, but the novelty of it is that it takes place, like Unfriended, I guess, it takes place entirely on oh, sure. okay, here we go. computer and phone screens and stuff. Uh, it sounds interesting. Yeah, and I like John Cho a lot. Me too, me too. Um... <clears throat> All right. Uh, the Wife is a movie starring Glenn, Cro- Glenn Close as a woman who sacrificed her career to support her husband's. Uh, oh, here we go from Sundance. August 10th, my favorite movie from Sundance, uh, Josephine Decker's Madeline's Madeline. Okay. Uh, this is a terrific movie about a, uh, the, the, the lead actress who plays Madeline is a newcomer named Helena Howard. Um, she is a New York teenager who lives with her brother and her mom played by, um, Oh my God. We've been talking too long that I'm drawing a blank on, uh, her name. She made me and you never, when we know, um, Miranda July, Miranda July plays her mom. And then, uh, the, the Al McGarrett, uh, from Deadwood, uh, who is, uh, Molly Parker, right? Yeah, Molly Parker. Yeah. Um, I get her cause she's with Polly Walker because yeah. Polly Walker was on Rome on HBO, like right. at the same time that Molly Parker was on Deadwood on HBO and their names were similar. And I always forget which one has which name, but no, this is Molly Parker. So she, uh, lives at home with her mom. She also is part, she goes to, she, she's part of a sort of experimental theater, theater troupe. That's what she does with mm. her after school time, uh, run by, um, Molly Parker and Molly Parker. So Madeline and her mother aren't getting along. She finds this sort of surrogate 
mother relationship with Molly Parker, but then Molly Parker sort of starts exploiting or taking her Madeline's experiences with her mom and working them into her own experimental theater piece. Yeah. Like she's kind of, like I said, exploiting her. Uh, it's a, it's a really terrific, really sort of internalized, um, cerebral impressionistic type of type of movie that is, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely less of a straightforward story than what I just said. The movie, the movie starts with like five full minutes of, Helen Howard just acting like a cat as a theater exercise, but we're given like no context. She's just like <laughs> behaving like a cat. It's like no di- real dialogue. Uh, I think maybe Miranda July says something like is indulging her and talking to her like a cat. It's, it's like, it's that, it's that kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was, abs- it was the last thing I saw at Sundance and it was absolutely my favorite thing. Hmm. It's really, really great. Um, okay. Uh, like father, is a movie starring Kristen Bell and Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Um, basically, I think. Um, uh, oh, right. So Kristen Bell uh, plays someone whose marriage falls apart, but it's already booked the honeymoon, and so she goes on the honeymoon vacation with her father that she hasn't to rekindle her relationship with her father. She hasn't like talked to him in a long time. Played by Kelsey Grammer. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, Kelsey Grammer hasn't been like risen to the top of the like sort of me too, like people, but there's definitely some like uh, uh, domestic violence stuff uh, uh, in his reputation that I know has turned a lot of people off. And um, I certainly don't blame them for that. Um, He's still a presence that I, generally like on on screen um i mentioned neighbors two earlier i don't know did you ever see neighbors Mm two he plays one of the dads he's only in like two scenes but he's good um and so i can see obviously he's a guy who is known for comedy at least on screen on stage the funniest thing he ever did was (laughs) fall off (laughs) oh god (laughs) i feel so bad for him it's so funny because he's making the dumbest like smart guy if you haven't watched kelsey grammer falls off stage on youtube but he's saying i was on my hundredth trek through it's a small world pretending i was a u.n interpreter oh god (laughs) (laughs) it's such a stupid joke that he's making so pompous and then he just falls off the stage and he's i'm okay i think i'm okay i've watched that i've watched that more times than i've watched my favorite movie <laughs> that's well yeah yeah because it only takes a few seconds but uh <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I, if like father is 25 percent as funny as kelsey Grammer falling off stage <laughs> it will be a huge hit <laughs> i don't know i i understand it's like you feel bad for him but i feel like if i were in his position it's been long enough that I would be able to laugh at it. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, he wasn't. Pretending I was a UN interpreter. I I think I'm. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. So, uh, this one I'm on the fence about the spy who dumped me. Cause it seems like a corny movie in that it's a, it's a buddy action comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's Kate. It's uh, uh, Kate McKinnon and, my, and Mila Kunis. I like both of them. Oh yes, I just saw a trailer for this, and it, it looks okay. I like both of them. Yeah, I like them. Um, and uh, uh, it's they get sort of a, sort of a wrong man type of thing, or in this case, wrong women type of yeah. thing. They get like wrapped up because one of their exes is secretly a CIA agent. So they end up getting wrapped up in this thing, but it's directed by Susanna, Susanna Fogel who made the very funny and charming and touching life partners with Leighton Meester and, um, the Gillian, um, Jacobs, is that her name from community, which if you remember from a few years ago, made my top 10 list of the year. So, um, I'm definitely excited to see what Susanna Fogel is doing next. Yeah. Uh, even if this seems a little bit corny, uh, but I don't know, it could be good. You said you saw a trailer. Yeah, it looked, it looked it, corny is not what it looked like. Um, it oh, definitely okay. looked more like the type of thing that, you know, like a Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy could be in. Okay. That sounds cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're getting there, man. Um, down a dark hall. Do you know anything about it? Hmm. Nope. Me either. Uh, to all the boys I've loved before. Okay. All right. Uh, the bookshop, you know, starring Emily Mortimer. I like her. Yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's look it up. Okay. What was she in? And then we've also got the slender man movie coming out. Um, does Doug play him? (laughs) It doesn't say you think she, obviously there's only one choice. Be funny if, if Andy circus did it. So I just saw Emily Mortimer in the party. Okay. Um, oh, and you know what she did that, um, a couple seasons of that, um, HBO show, uh, doll and M. Okay. Uh, so that's what she was doing, I guess. Uh, she was on the newsroom. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, she was in Hugo. That's probably the last thing you saw her in. Uh, other than the newsroom, if you watch that. So Slenderman is not played by Doug Jones, but it is played by someone who, as far as I can tell, is hot on his trail. This guy's name is Javier Botet. Okay. Uh, he's Spanish, but he was in The Mummy. He was in The Conjuring 2, playing a character called Crooked Man. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like this is uh, what he does. He plays these types of very physical characters. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Kin is a movie starring James Franco and Zoe Kravitz. Okay. Uh, all right, here's the movie that everyone is excited about, but I can't tell if it's ironic or not. Okay. In fact, I'm excited about it, and I can't tell if I'm being ironic or not. Sure. Uh, the Meg. All right. Um, which is... Uh, I read... You read Meg? I read Meg and The Trench, and apparently oh. there are like five more of these books. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know I didn't realize there was more than one. I thought it was just Meg. Yeah, yeah. Why is it called The Meg? Because it's it's uh, a megalodon. Right, but the, what I'm saying is the novel is just called Meg. Yeah, but the, people might think that it's about somebody named Meg if they call well, it that. Well, maybe they'll see on the poster an enormous shark. And they'll be like... Be like, oh, I think Meg's in trouble. <laughs> the shark's going to eat her. That, that gets people in the door, right? I guess that's true. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Meg has been in just, I'm just saying, hell. listen to Justin Timberlake in The Social Network. That's true. Drop to the. Yeah. The Meg. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been in production hell for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, and... 
like even when I read it, I was young and I read everything Peter Benchley. Not that it is Peter Benchley, but it might as well be. It's like bad Peter Benchley. Um, so I read Meg in the trench, and uh, and even then, I was like, oh, this would make a good movie. Wait, hang on, it would make a movie. Uh, and then I saw the trailer and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are liking. I think the whole point of it is that it is a Megalodon. It's like a great white shark, but it's huge. And there is, it looks like some of the imagery is they understand the inherent terror of that idea. And it looks as though they are capitalizing on that as they should. Um, I'm sure it's awful. And if it follows the, the book, it's going to be awful. Um, uh-huh. cause there's stuff that like, when you read it, you're like, this is ridiculous, but you know what? At least I'm reading it. Seeing it is like, this is going to be idiotic. Okay. Full on, if they do it, which yeah. they might not, but if they do it, I will, you know what? I will kind of applaud them for, for being willing to go that far. I hope they do. I don't know. I, I wish it were not John Turtletop directing it. Cause he yeah. is, I don't, I mean, not to be mean, but he is kind of the definition of a studio hack, right? Yeah. He's just nothing. He's a yeah. nothing director. You know who they should get to direct it. Who's that? Even though he already made a shark movie. Jean-Claude Seurat. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be awesome. But at the same time, I don't want something that, that, that is that legit. Um, I want no, I something... do want something that is <clears throat> like ludicrous, but still stylish. Yeah. And that's what he, that's what he did. Maybe, maybe I am thinking of him because he did the shark movie already. Sure. Um, but who else could do something, uh, something like that? I mean, I guess, uh, Peyton Reed already has a movie coming out this summer. Sure. He would have been cool. Um, yeah, there, I mean, undoubtedly there, cause that's the thing is I, when I think of the shallows, I feel like it's more than stylish. Cause I, I read more into the movie than probably is actually meant to be there. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's, there's somebody. And if it were earlier in the evening, Probably list, <laughs> yeah. list, well, like, we only have two left, and we don't have to talk about. Oh my gosh, how exciting! Uh, the Darkest Minds is uh, a movie. Um, oh with, yeah, uh, Amanda Stenberg from The Hunger mm-hmm. Games, and Mandy Moore, and Gwendolyn Christie. Everyone you love from. Uh, I was going to say nerd properties. I don't know. Is This Is Us? Is that a nerd property? I feel like any TV show that's popular is now like a nerd pro- uh, nerd yeah, property. Right, I guess right. Yeah, I saw a trailer for this and was shocked that it was not an X-Men movie. It's weird. Oh. Oh. If this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, A tribe of youths youths who survived a nasty child-killing disease and gained wicked superpowers from it, I guess. Because there's a... There's a new... There's a a movie of The New Mutants. All right, which was... uh, Yeah, like, see, so I pulled it up there. Uh, so the new oh. mutants was a, a comic series in the nineties when X-Men was incredibly popular. Yeah. And so, uh, but aren't the new mutants also in Deadpool two? No, that's X-Force X-Force. Oh, I get them. I get them mixed up. And so when I saw a trailer for darkest minds, I was like, Oh, this must be a new mutants. And it wasn't. And I thought, Oh, all right. Well, I guess it's just one more of these then. Yeah, interesting. Don't get me wrong. It could be better than New Mutants, entirely possible, but it is interesting how many. Like, that's what I thought about. Uh, what is it? Um, 
home for peculiar children. What is it? Miss Peregrine's home Ms. for Peregrine's. Yeah. yeah something. Like that's basically a Gothic X-Men, right? Yeah. They say like, what's your peculiarity? It's like, you can just say power. It's fine. I know what you mean. You can say mutation. <laughs> um, right. Um, <laughs> it's directed by, uh, Jennifer U. Nelson, who directed the Kung Fu Panda sequels, which I never saw. I've heard they're good. I've, okay. you know, I like and the first one. It's always interesting to me when somebody who starts an animation moves to live action, I feel like it mostly worked okay for Brad Bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and finally, Dog Days, which is directed by Ken Marino, starring Adam Polly, Nina Dobrev, Vanessa Hudgens, and Finn Wolfhard. Who is that? I've heard that name. Oh, no, he's the kid from uh, Stranger Things and It. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, Ken Marino, That's I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's interesting... Uh, Something that I noticed as you, uh, <coughs> as we were going through these, I feel like there aren't a lot of big tent poles. I mean, there's a Mission Impossible. Yeah, there's, there's a Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Is Amen I mean, and the Wasp is a that's Amen a tent and the Wasp, pole, right? and I guess and Solo is late May. Um, that's one a month. That's one a month. But I feel like yeah, because I think two of those are in June. <laughs> I feel but like there's usually the past, not a big uh, August tent pole movie, is there? There's usually. August like, is the doldrums. Not so much anymore. Like they, like uh, uh, Suicide Squad was August. There's usually one that is like surprisingly big. I can't think of like the the Bourne movies often came out in August. Okay. Um, well, I mean, Entertainment is giving pride of place to Christopher Robin for August. That makes sense. Um, and it because yeah. yeah, like just uh, as you're as you're flipping through there, it definitely the Meg. The Meg, maybe, yeah, yeah. That definitely. I'll say this: that's the right placement for the Meg. Um, oh, sure, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it definitely. It feels like this is a. It sounds weird. This feels like a smaller summer, and I think it's. Which I'm all for. What was that? Which I'm all for. I think I am too. It's something that that I think we've talked about on here is that summer, like the idea of the summer blockbuster season, doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Um, stuff gets really spread out, certainly around Christmas, but now like. You got stuff in February. I mean, you got Black Panther in February. Yeah. And last year you got Deadpool uh, in February. So I think it's spreading out a lot, which I, is kind of nice, actually. Uh, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's true. Um, I don't have anything to say about it because uh, I don't know. I try to give these movies a chance, but they're I, I can't help that they're never the thing that I'm excited about in a year. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I feel I, I don't like being that cliche of like. I usually wait till the, I I assume that what I'm, that my favorite movie is going to be released in the fall (laughs) right? or or winter, you know? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I used to get very excited about Harry Potter movies. I was really into that. Now I feel like maybe John wick is my Harry Potter and that's not really, that's not (laughs) a tentpole. That's still pretty niche. Like those movies do well because they don't cost a ton Yeah, and they're still kind of niche because they're hard R rating. But like, when it comes to franchises, I guess like John wick is the thing that I am looking forward to. And there's not one in 20. We got to, got to wait till March of 2019. Yeah. I guess for me, it's, it's Marvel. And even then it's not necessarily, I, I mean, I've seen all of them and I will continue to see them. Uh, it doesn't mean that I always enjoy them, but I think that's the neat thing about Marvel is that it's like, Oh, you didn't like this one. Well, don't worry. One of them, it's like, Oh, you don't like the most recent Thor film. Uh huh give us six months and we'll give yeah. you one of the if, if that. more. In, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, what, it was, it was three months. No, it was like two and a half months, two and a half months. months between black Panther and infinity war. And then it's going to yeah. be about the same before Ant-Man and the wasp. And then is there nothing until Infinity War 2? There's Captain Marvel, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yes, obviously. obviously. But I don't know when that is. I, is I, that I, I said obviously when I shouldn't have. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's a spoiler. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Everyone's just, seen it you, by if now. If you just look at scheduling, you yeah. know, it's, that's the obvious one. And they haven't had a cosmic movie in a while. I guess Thor Ragnarok was. But um, did you see well, Thor Infinity War is pretty cosmic. I guess that's true. Uh, I have not. No, I only Thor movie I saw was the first one. I think you would like Ragnarok. I, yeah, it sure. sounds like I would. I like Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. It definitely. Yeah, it feels. Even though, so he plays a character and he uses his natural uh, accent, but it just feels very Kiwi. The movie in general. That's fine. But maybe I just say that because I know he made it. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. So you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com. That's where over the next few months you'll see reviews of many of these movies, including. Some of the ones we already mentioned that I saw at Sundance and some of the you're seeing a couple of ten poles in the next couple of weeks. Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool two and, and solo. solo a Star Wars story. That's right. Uh so those reviews will be up. Uh there's all kinds of other stuff up there. Um check out Sarah's reviews of the Independent Film Festival Boston stuff that we talked a lot about here. Um you can let's see, you can email us at Davy nope. You can email us at David at battleshipretention.com or Tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davy Pretension. You can follow Tyler at Tyler Pretension. Uh, anything going on at More Than One Lesson? Not right now. Uh, there's been an extended break while I was getting ready for the film festival, but now that I'm back, um, we are scheduling a number of episodes. One's going to be on Annihilation. Oh, cool. Uh, one is going to be on Infinity War. Uh, and then we probably have some minisodes coming up as well. So probably Great. in the next month or so. So all that's available at BattleshipRetention.com. Thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.